Hello and welcome back to the Lack of Depth Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Began and this is episode three of 50k overall to 50k in pounds. And it is probably the most exciting uh, episode in our journey so far because we have finally moved up some ranks. And so without further ado, I'm going to move over, I'm going to pull up my team and I'm going to talk you through what is arguably my first hint of success on the season so far. So here it is, over here. Um, yeah, Henderson in goal, living long enough to regret that, probably. Um, I'm trying to think if I've got any any real points on Henderson to say other than I needed him for... Well, I still need him for the... I'm just scrolling through to it right now. I need him for Nottingham Forest Leicester, which I'm increasingly getting worried about because Madison's form is steadily improving. And then I need him for Nottingham Forest Villa. And then, then I can remove him from someone who will get more than two points in any given game because of just how much he's getting spanked every every, every single week. So yeah, Henderson isn't isn't a strong point of the team, but it isn't a weak point of the team. It's kind of a, a point that needs to be there. To move into the strengths of the side, uh, Eric Dyer, who I've had since the start of the season, uh, with 10 points, where they conceded. Two goals. It's not bad, is it? 10 points come from a goal, seven points. Goals conceded minus one and then shots tier one from a centre-back, which is all right. And he does look pretty nailed. And so other than the fact that Romero might be coming back, so I might want to swap those two around, I'm pretty happy with how things are going with him. And with his next fixtures being Arsenal, which isn't great, and then uh, Brighton, then Everton, uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy to keep him for at least another few. Uh, next is Cancelo with the 12-pointer. Starting to look like Cancelo of old. City were ridiculously dominant in this game. Uh, I watched this game, but I'm I'm considering almost stopping watching the City games because they become so predictable in their outcome. But yeah, Haaland was amazing. Uh, City were amazing. And even Jack Grealish scored. And when that starts happening, you as a Wolves fan know you really do have no chance. He got clean sheets. He got double bonuses. And... Um, yeah, I, I was talking about taking him out for Walker. I don't think I think I'll I don't think I'll be doing that anytime soon. Uh, next is Saliba, who again is the MVP of the team. 14 points for 7.4 million. And he's doing this in the regular. The headed goal was genuinely ridiculous. It came off the middle of the top of his head, hit clipped the back post and went in. And for someone who costs 7.4 million to be doing that, I don't think I'll be getting rid of him, even though he does have that that blank game week and the Liverpool game coming up. But with the the, the form Arsenal are in, I don't think he'll keep a clean sheet, but he could easily score a headed goal against them. And I don't even think it's... I certainly don't think it's guaranteed that Arsenal even lose that match. So, yeah, Arsenal of new and, and Liverpool are not looking like Liverpool of old, that's for sure. Kukurea, uh, zero-pointer. Um, I was incredibly hungover. Um... <laughs> I was incredibly hungover uh, on, on su- Saturday when I probably should have taken Cucurella out. But I want to take Cucurella out for Van Dyke. And so I'm I'm not that hurt by this. Also, 
you always get more frustrated with your losses when you have a bad game week. And the fact that I've ended up with 101 points this week means that I'll, I, I think I'll, I'll be able to cope. I think I'll be able to get through it. Uh, Kamara injured. I'll get onto transfer strategy after I've, I've just spoke through the, the kind of performances of the week so far. Uh, Kamara injured, knee injury, uh, expected to be back for the next game on the app. The way Gerard spoke about it, he definitely didn't think that that was the case. And so that is definitely worrying. Um, I've been looking to get him out anyway. I just, he said he wants to go. Gerard's been so talking so much about this pragmatism that he wants to introduce. And I just don't know if, if that puts Kamara in the same place to get passing tiers. And I don't think he's as nailed for tackles tiers as someone like Tyler Adams is. And so I would be looking to make that that we jump anyway. And so I'm considering taking Kamara out regardless, but I do want to see who comes back fit after the international break. And so that's why I didn't jump onto like an Arsenal asset or a Brentford asset on Sunday, because I just don't know with the injuries and stuff, what my budget for enablers will be at that point, because I might need to bring Kane back in. I might not need to, I might not go for Van Dyke because something else opens up. You never know. Um, Jao Polina, uh is some boy. Uh, he's frighteningly ridiculous at the game. He got a goal again, and the goal is ridiculous. Um, I've got him in the stocks rising, obviously, because his stock never stops rising. Even with the one-game suspension, he's the best value in the game, arguably, unless you think it's uh, Saliba, and I've got both of them, and so I don't really contend either way. I've got best value in game question mark, an unbelievable goal, and another Fulham set piece goal again makes his stock rise because he's a stilt and he's so good at tackling. And I'll take the one game suspension. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it with a smile on my face because for 6.6 million, he's put together five points, one points, nine points, four points, five points, three points, and nine, which means he blanked, he's blanked once since the start of the season. And uh, that was in a kind of nothing game against Wolves. So... I'm more than happy to keep Paulinho. Salah is still here. And so, interestingly, I put together a video last week on 27 people you can pick instead of Salah. It then came out that Salah wouldn't be playing at all this week, which is the perfect opportunity to take him out for any of those people. And I didn't do it. Why didn't I do it? I think Salah scoring in midweek probably impacted my thought process. But also, all of the smart people on Twitter weren't taking Salah out. And... Although I did, I do feel like taking punts is a good way to like kind of correct your wrongs and climb up the leaderboard if you're confident on it, on the on the kind of risks that you're taking. But I, I I'm kind of it's I was at such a lowly rank and and having both Kane and Haaland was such a good differential for me at fifty k that I didn't think I had to make my team that different in order to get myself out of the hole I was in. And so just by having Haaland and Kane these past two weeks, I've managed to go from, well, past past week, because last week didn't have anything. But just from having Haaland and Kane, so this is I guess this is relevant to any of you who are in kind of a hole as I am. Just by having kind of a team that does look quite template on paper, I've managed to climb up 30 ranks, 30 ranks, 30,000 ranks this week. I've gone from 50k to 20k in one week, just from having a team that I genuinely don't think is that different to anyone else's. Uh, Eric Dyer, I've got, but like a lot of people on Twitter have him. A lot of people, most people on Twitter, Twitter have Saliba. Most of them have Henderson, Palina, 
Jesus, Haaland, I had Kane, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's it, just because it doesn't look like I'm doing so, something that amazing compared to actual, do you know what I mean? The, the other geniuses who have Twitter doesn't mean I'm necessarily making a mistake. And so, yeah, I, I was just, I, I also have some kind of, I was talking to my mate Jake about this and uh, I uh, just, I just have a, a few wee issues that I have to sort out before I can start doing kind of outlandish things with transfers. Uh, one of those issues, uh, I'm not sure if it was an issue, but you could get a five for one for Tony on Kane. And so I decided to do that because I needed a captain for a Brighton game. And so I've got Tony in for like three game weeks, which is cool with me. Um, hopefully he doesn't get injured with England. I'm really happy to see him called up. He's just such a nice guy. He's so funny. He's so funny and genuine and really, really enjoys his football. And so uh, obviously... I'm not exactly supporting England with the accent that I've got right now, but I, I do like to see kind of the, the, I'd basically just like to see the players that I like get called up and the players that I don't like not get called up. Do I think of any players I particularly don't like for England? Um, My favourite England player is Bellingham, but that's because he's like amazing. That's kind of all, all I've got to say on that. And then, so that's my midfield three. And then up front to start the week, I had Jesus, Haaland, and Kane. Uh, I captained Jesus and Haaland. And uh, yeah, it went really well. Obviously, wild card was in FPL, and then a few people in our kind of sphere were taking Jesus out now for Mitrovic because uh, Jesus was playing Brentford, which is notoriously can be a sticky fixture. And uh, Mitrovic was playing. Nottingham Forest, which even without him scoring, they managed to score three goals in. Mitrovic still had four shots. He had some XG, not an amazing XG, but some of it, and uh, had uh, a pretty good game. So uh, I, I kind of feel lucky that Mitrovic didn't score. I also didn't bring in Bowen, again, for the same reason that I didn't get rid of Salah. Um, I, I just didn't do that move right away because I felt like I have kind of bigger fish to fry. But I also feel like I've kind of got away with one there. And so I do feel this is kind of my first lucky game week of the season so far. And it was quite a toss-up in my head between Bowen and Tony. And then ultimately, it was just the way the fixtures rolled around. I could get a little bit more out of a Tony in. And so I went for Tony in instead of Bowen. But um, yeah, Bowen really... He's just a little bit more expensive, but he put together a really good performance. I, I am quietly hoping, because I don't have any West Ham assets, that they can they kind of con continue to struggle to put it together. But also, they, 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 first of all, Cornet just looks so good. He just looks good. He's just a good person to have, especially off the bench. He's a fantastic uh, person to have just because of his blistering pace and the fact that he always manages to get himself in a position to get a shot away. He's just hard to play and annoying to play and difficult to see out matches against. But I mean, in terms of stock rising, I know I'm. I keep touching on it a bit early, but Everton as well. They just, uh, they just look exactly like Burnley. I don't know if it's because they they brought in Tarkovsky and <laughs> and, uh, and and Dwight McNeil and and so on. But um, I just they're just it's such a hard place to go. He Frank Ocean has. Frank Ocean, <laughs> Frank Lampard has like the Everton fans is some kind of like some like 
chorus of, of humble people who just want to see effort from their team. And I think considering the disconnect between the fans and, and the players of Everton, who, who the fans kind of viewed as like, is privileged and is, is sometimes not trying just a few years ago. Uh, the fans like were kind of demanding results based on the money being spent and so on and so forth. And now if you look at the fans recognising the place that they're in and just wanting to see hard work, and I'm not saying that all that had to happen was for the fans to change their attitude. Really, the club needed to appoint someone with a vision and someone that the fans could connect with. And that's happened with Lampard. He's accepted and he's been very transparent about where it is that the kind of effort is really in. And I think the the kind of low points of last season really did help bring that club together. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's nice to see them with so much to believe in because it's obviously it's such a big club and it's such a historic club. I won't really be bringing in any of their assets anytime soon, but I certainly don't think it's a fixture to target. Unless you've got like a Man City asset, I think it's a hard place to go. I think Everton away is just a really hard place to go this season. And um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't be bringing in a, anyone for that fixture in particular. And that's why I decided to go for Tony at Arsenal. Even though I still think that fixture is worse, I decided to go for Tony at Arsenal rather than do Bowen this week because I get more fixtures out of him and I get a captaincy day. So that makes sense to me, at least. Um, but yeah, I'll get to the the transfer strategy and plan later on, but I'm also considering, like I do need to make a bit of a plan for what I'm wanting to do with my uh, Jesus's and my Tony's and my Cucurellas down the line. So I'll touch on that. Uh, next up, Haaland. He's not going anywhere, even though he's got the weak blank. He just looks, he's just the best striker in the world at the minute. And there's 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 not really a lot for me to say uh, other than I captained Kane and I was convinced by someone saying Haaland would have to like either be a huge, huge rotation risk, be injured, or be playing like the hardest team in the world for them to not captain him. And I kind of thought they weren't wrong, you know. And Kane's goal was like a header at the back post again. And I, I don't know why I'm saying that like I'm exacerbated, like I'm upset about him scoring. But I just feel is it just is any is it just me or does anyone else also feel like the season so far, Son was still the one getting in the positions to score the goals. It's just that Kane's on pen, so he's a better pick. And he was the one that turned up to the season in form, especially with his, his finishing boots on. But yeah, that, that that's certainly something to think about. I think there's a bit of a headache. If, if Son's form picks up from here out, there's a lot more of a selection headache between the two of them. And then Ivan Tony and Kane. So yeah, I, I, I didn't captain Kane because I was convinced otherwise, but... I think Kane's a hard person to get rid of right now. I get he's another person who hasn't blanked in a single game. And so, uh, wait, sorry, I should preface this. He's coming back. Like, I'm just, I've only got, I'm only not going to have him for the next two games. And then he'll be back in. I'm not like some kind of, like, I'm not an idiot. I, I'm aware of how good the things are. So Kane will be back and I will be with Kane again. Uh, but like also with Van Dyke and some other like nice little bits. So I'll be, do you know I mean working things out and, and and hard at work or hardly working? So yeah, that's good. And then uh, lastly, Ivan Tony, uh, Brentford tried to deploy a system, the same thing that they played against uh, Manchester United, which worked really well for them there. 
And uh, basically, Arsenal were just way better than Man United were on that day. And and obviously, Man United are a lot better now than they were kind of the first few games of the season. But um, yeah, they just... They were incredibly flat and they weren't able to get out on counterattacks in order to actually wreak much havoc. Even their set pieces didn't look that threatening, which is always worrying with, with Brentford. And... Uh, yeah, they just struggled to create. They were quite overrun in the midfield and Arsenal just looked like they had an, an answer for everything that they did. And uh, Brentford looked quite happy to have Arsenal play in front of them at points and Arsenal were just finding it too easy to to go from Granite Xhaka having the ball 30 or 40 yards out, not under a ton of pressure, floating a ball over the top. Like it was just too easy for them to go from comfortable possession in front of the back line to floated ball over and goal, and and ultimately that cost them. Also, the set piece goals uh, aren't great either. And but yeah, don't lose hope, Tony owners. Don't lose hope because I'm not. We've got four four fixtures left before Kane's back. Don't worry about it. It was also frustrating that Isaac scored and Tony didn't. That also being because Isaac was uh, thinking about Isaac didn't even have that amazing a game. Newcastle didn't have that amazing a game, to be honest. And um, yeah, one win in however many for them. And it being a penalty means I can sleep at night. Basically, I can make I can make peace with my decision making. As I say, is always the the very important thing. I'm now. Should I move? Should I keep that there while I talk? I don't know what to do. Let's 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 just we'll stay like this, and I'm gonna talk through the uh, the the transfers that I have planned. And so, okay, so team right there, the amount of money I have is up here. The amount of money I have up there is three point eight million. I'm gonna stay extra this way so I can put in more information. I think. Um. So yeah, I, to completely go back and everything I just said. The problem is, is that I can't afford to have all the good players. So yeah, and then I can do Bubakar Kamara to... So yeah, I've got three things, my three holes I need to work out is that I was going to take Tony in to bring Kane back in, as I've said that I was going to do like literally two seconds ago. But I kind of have to pick between him and Kane. And then it's like I'm choosing between what would be like Jesus and a good midfielder or Kane and then like a true, true enabler. So if I take Jesus out for Kane instead... That gives me 6.9 million for my enabler midfielder. And then your options at that price point are thinner than a skinny finger. Right, I've got Diallo. I don't think we're going to go for him. I've got Wilfred and Didi. What kind of stuff is he putting together? It would help if my Wi-Fi wasn't cutting out. 
got a nice one-pointer against Tottenham. He's done some things against some people. Solly March got an assist in shots tier one. He's obviously playing as a wing-back. I could go for Solly March, Billy Gilmore, Junepo, Bobby Degavadora Reed, Bubu Karkamara, who I literally already own. Caicedo. Yeah. I don't like it. He's, I don't love Caicedo. Reed, Jalpalina, Frank Onyeka, Gibbs White, O'Brien, who just scored. So that's why he's got more than like 11 points. Hmm. Yates. Is he doing anything interesting? Nope. <laughs> so Baptiste, yeah, that's not happening. So yeah, um, I guess to to sum up this this transfer section, uh, I'll have decided what I'm gonna do next week. But my 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 ultimate transfer questions heading into the what should I call it? The, the the international my transfer questions heading into the international break are do I go for Van Dyke and Mitrovic or Fafana and Kay? And then at once I decide which of those two moves I'm doing, I'll uh, I'll like not be so harrowingly confused anymore. Um yeah, and then now I'm going to move into the middle because it's our thing me time. It's time for the stuff. And we're back. So welcome back for the stocks falling, stocks rising section. We normally do stocks rising first. As this is a kind of miniature game week, as only like six or seven games are played, I thought it'd be a fun time to experiment with starting off on a negative note and then working up to some light-hearted stories and so stocks falling as it were Bubakar Kamara stock falling injured what's my verdict on that we'll see after the international break but I was considering taking him out anyway and so that's not a good sign for him next Henderson bad defense Lamal again doesn't really mean anything right now it just means that probably after that second captaincy day we'll all get rid of him Brendan Rodgers. I was thinking about this, right? So, as as a kind of football manager fanatic, someone who, who has played football manager, the, the, the Leicester job after Brendan Rodgers is really appealing to me. Do I think they'll hire me? No. But hear me out, right? So, obviously, anyone who plays this game so much that they consume content as kind of ludicrous as this means that they have a, a fundamental interest in a more kind of tactical depth way, a more tactically in-depth way of perceiving the game, right? So he hear me out in kind of the points that I've, I want to make about Leicester. First of all, a midfield three of Ndidi, Drewsbury Hall, Ndidi, oh, but that's that's like even better. Ndidi, I can't even pick like another two 
because there's Ndidi, there's Drewsbury Hall, there's Telemans, there's Madison, there's an embarrassment of riches there. There's there's such quality in the ball from Madison and Telemans. Drewsbury Hall's a really exciting young player, great for training, great for pressing. You can you can kind of build him into the image of a team you want to have. Let's say that the the kind of ideal three is, you know, six, eight, ten, and DD. Telemans, Madison. You've then got really exciting, dynamic players like Justin, who got an assist last week. Um, Wout Faze, is that his name? Wout Fass? I'm not... I don't feel that worried about him. I don't know how Leicester fans feel, but I do think it's an improvement on Soyonchu. He wanted to get involved. Uh, he, was, he was kind of putting himself about defensively. He did make a few good stops he gave the ball away once or twice but he was also playing in a team that wasn't really working for him and he also joined the team a week after virtually every single playing player shouted at each other during the course of the last game and so it's a difficult team for him to come into I would come in I'd I'd, I'd play a four back I'd have a back four of uh Justin Castagna is the fullbacks, uh, White Faze and uh, Evans is my back two. Uh, I'd, I'd play a low line of engagement because they're not fast, let's be honest. I'd play, like, I wouldn't be, do you know what I mean? No, not a low line of engagement, sorry. I'd play a low line, um, a low back line, not a low front line. I'd, ha- I'd have Iverson in goal because the, the team don't trust Danny Ward and Danny Ward... It's quite, it's quite petulant in the way that he speaks to the other players. And so they're all just shouting at each other all the time. And I don't know if it's that they're like moaning and abusing him every time he doesn't make a saves, but it just looks so toxic that I felt I feel like change is needed. And obviously that back line is not amazing, but it stays in the premiership for me. And I, I know that there is, I, 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 as a manager going in to take the job, I would be concerned that, you know, they're not willing to, they're not really willing to invest. They're in a very difficult financial situation. So it does look like a bit like a, a period of time taking on water. But I think I could, I think it's a team where you can go in and you can display some tactical principles and you can prove yourself and then go on to another job. Like the Premier League is still the biggest stage, really, in terms of like exp- allowing people to kind of perceive and, uh, and get, just get across your your ideas in terms of how fo- you want to play football, how you want to create chances, and how you want to put points on the board. So that's the the back line, which isn't amazing. And then the midfield three uh, would be was it more of a midfield four? But let's just say a three for right now. Indeed, holding. Uh, a rotation of <clears throat> Telemans and Drewsbury Hall in that kind of Granite Jacker role where you're an eight on the left-hand side where you 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 do put yourself about defensively, but you fill that half space when you attack. You support uh, James Justin and his overlapping. That would be a really important part of Telemans' roles. Also supporting that and kind of moving out into the half space and into wider zones would also give Telemans a great angle to cross from. So he would be able to use his creative ability and then in the right half space but also moving up into 10 spaces you obviously got Madison who against Tottenham actually had a really 
important performance. Not important in that they did still lose 6-2, but he, he, he had a real quality performance. You could see that, that James Madison, despite everything that's going on around him, is still capable of, of, of real... Do you know what I mean top six quality creativity? He's a player, uh, you know, a, a kind of creative player that that a lot of great, not great teams, a lot of good teams would would love to get their hands on. And so, I think I could build a good team with him in it. Jamie Vardy wouldn't be in my plans. I just don't think it's. I don't think that's the move anymore. <laughs> As it were, I don't think that's the move anymore. Um, and then obviously your front three, you've got a rotation of uh I'd probably have Ian Atro out in the right, uh Daka in the middle, and uh out left I'd have uh Harvey Barnes. And don't get me wrong, it's not like an amazing front three, but I think I'd be able to score a few goals against I mean Nottingham Forest, Wolves. Like put myself about a bit, and I also think that with some good like recycle possession, doing the 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 kind of our utmost to get out in transition, to get Madison in some space. I also like that idea of playing a four three three, and having um, Ian Atcho on the right and Barnes on the left, attacking the defender in front of them. Ian Atcho is actually a very capable creative player as well he's he, he is quite versatile obviously his form's gone to shit because everyone's form's gone to shit Barnes's form's gone to shit as well but I just think that back line with Daka trying to get in behind who makes great runs both in transition and then just like in possession as well would give Madison some space to play with I'd ha- be able to have like a nice system on the left of Justin and Barnes going long Justin going wide and uh, Telemann's working in the half space, putting in crosses and stuff like that to what would be essentially a striker at the back post and Ian Atcho. So I don't see how that could not work. I'd have Castagna be the slightly less attacking one of my two fullbacks because I just believe in Justin's end product a little bit more. But yeah, I was I was thinking about this as I watched the Tottenham game and I was just thinking that there's no way there isn't a... a, a not even a great... There isn't like a good up-and-coming manager who's looking at this... Uh, Leicester squad as it is right now thinking I could do something with that and so yeah that's I think that's the main problem for Brendan Rodgers is that it's not as if he's not got any tools at his disposal it's just that his his cycle of influence at the club has kind of gone to an end and and, and it needs a change they need to enter a transition because it's just so stale and soul destroying and people although his kind of footballing philosophy and the as we've seen over like multiple years, does make sense and can work and can put points on the board. Fundamentally, things are going so badly at Leicester now that the players won't believe in that way of putting points on the board. They won't believe in that way of getting wins. They don't believe in his kind of ideas of of how they should be playing. Uh, it looks like different. A few players, including Madison, look like they've played kind of four or five positions in the last four or five games, and that always spells. Uh, a system that the players just are not going to believe in going forward and so I think with that amount of non-belief and th- the fact that we're just entering an international uh, break I think not only do I think like Brendan Rodgers will I don't know if Brendan Rodgers will go 
But not only do I think he should, I just think that, like, as a Leicester fan, not only would I want that, but I'd be very excited about the type of manager that I'd be able to bring in. Because even though the financial issues are the financial issues, and yes, managers want to spend money, the Premier League is still the Premier League. Um, you've got players from Atletico Madrid going on loan to Nottingham Forest at the moment, and so you would be able to possibly loan in a goalkeeper who would actually be able to save some shots. And I, I, even me, I would just play Iverson. So, yeah, I would be excited about it, for sure, as long as he goes. If he doesn't go, um, his stock will probably just keep falling, I don't know. And I'd still be worried about... I'd still be worried about... Um, owning Madison right now. Even though captaining him against Forrest does look great, just not sure any kind of longer-term stuff just because it's such a mess. I'm a, it's a bit like that with Matt Kamara thing. But another return, his form has kind of been... What's it? It's like, irrespective of the performance of the team, Madison has now been good for basically an entire year. Coming up on an entire year of just quality. Just one of the like he was in the the team like he was one of the players who got the most points in the whole game at the end of the last season and if they bring in if they just but if they uh, they might not but even if they bring in anyone his numbers might explode even more just from having a kind of capable system with belief in it because when the players don't believe they just don't play to their best ability don't press the best ability and so you just get totally overrun and so you can't play your best attacking football because you're just not as you're just not attacking as often as you could be so yeah that's where i'm at with brendan rogers and then don't don't know how why that went on for so long but that's where i'm at with brendan rogers and then martinelli since i said martinelli has returned in every game week he has blanked twice in a row uh, and he's been overtaken by saka which happened at about this point last season and so i'm not expecting this to go back the other way Saka has turned up. He's getting the steady stream of assists. He, I don't know if you want to own someone who costs as much as Saka just for assists, but he just he looks better and is inarguably uh, more nailed because Saka is probably the most nailed player in that team outside of like Jesus and Gabriel, probably way more than Gabriel. So yeah, and uh, then West Ham stock falling as, as well because. I predicted in my soccer sixes for them to lose one nil, and I, I felt quite confident about that. As, as I said, Everton is a tough place to go this season. And in the Premier League, West Ham just don't look like a team built for tough challenges. They look good and like they'll never be pushed over by anyone, a bit like Brentford, but they just really seem to lack the quality. And I think... In my mind, I would be looking to get Cornette involved and keep trying to get the most out of Bowen. And I don't, I don't even know. It's just like, maybe it's just such a long season last season. And again, playing two games every week this season. I know the squad is bigger now, but it could just, it could just be a bit of fatigue. But uh, Moyes is a great coach. And I, I certainly don't think that he should be leaving anytime soon. I, I feel very differently about Moyes than I do about Brendan Rodgers. So yeah, those are our those are our, our Betty Bummers of the week. And now for our sisterly stocks rising. <laughs> um, 
Polina, again, I've written best value in game question mark. Uh, again, I'll correct myself and say it's probably a sleeper. But um, an unbelievable, a genuinely unbelievable goal that definitely does communicate that he has Champions League quality. And another Fulham set piece goal, which again is encouraging for anyone that owns Polina or Mitrovic or both, and that they're both stouts and they're obviously coordinated at set pieces. And that is encouraging. Uh, Everton, their stock is rising because they're literally just Burnley now. Son, what the hell, question mark, 14-minute hat-trick. It's a headache, isn't it? Son, if Son's going to play like that now, it's a headache. But it does give us more options, because if Son is going to play like that, then Haaland up front and Salah out for Son makes a lot of sense, I think. So at least we have options going forward. We can let this international break just happen, wash over us, and then make a decision when when we see kind of who comes back to really go for it after the break. But I'm still not entirely confident in Tottenham's ability to pull out four and five nil victories the way that they were at the end of last season. But if someone's going to play like that, they'll pull out at least a couple more. The only other thing I'd say is that we now know that Son is much more likely to be rotated than Salah. And so that obviously has to factor into our decision-making as well. I've got Madison, again, another return in a middling performance. The, the way Spurs set up, they were never going to keep a clean sheet in that, especially if we give away the penalty that Sanchez does. It was quite unclear what he was trying to do. He knew as soon as he jumped in to go for that tackle that he was actually miles away from the ball. It seemed like he didn't realise or like he thought the guy was going to cut in quicker than he did but it, it was really reckless and so that alone makes me feel confident that Romero will probably return to uh, play minutes every single week but yeah Madison good I just the, the other thing is that obviously I saw Madison play against Man U and then took him out because I was one I was I was worried about continuing to take punts and stick with them the same way that I did with Son but also, we'd seen Manu play so poorly in the games before that that I was I was a bit worried um, that Madison had actually failed to score against against a, a defense that that wasn't that good. I think we've seen now that the Man United defense is actually actually was doing some defending, and that's why Madison didn't have the, the easiest of games. But yeah, Madison another return is definitely not not a terrible option, is it? Uh, so, yeah, uh, well done to Madison owners who, who managed to hold him for more than the the 22 hours I did. <laughs> and then McAllister didn't even play this week and still has the most points of any midfielder. And so that's good. And I really like that he's affordable. He gets tackles, tears, and he's on penalty. He's like what everything you want Jorginho to be, but he isn't. So, yeah. I'm encouraged by that. And then lastly, stock rising Bowen because even without the goal he put in, a real shift, lots of shots. X XGI, real good. <laughs> good XGI on him. So yeah, that's our, our stocks, our few stocks this week. Uh, thank you guys very much for tuning in. Um, hope you enjoyed the Leicester rant and I'll see you next week. Uh, 50K to 50K, we're now at uh, 23K, I think. Bye.